0: Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Ego Chow podcast, a Call of Duty esports podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we'll be discussing the um, the Call of Duty League's stage 3 major which concluded with the Atlanta phase uh, winning the event, their second major win of the season and we also have some uh, roster mania to talk about including another London Royal Ravens roster change. Uh, so how you doing, Bink?
1: I'm all right. A little tired, but got some cod to
0: get through the night. So as Trem would say, just got to pop the stem and get right into it. Yeah, you got to send the chow. Late at night, <laughs> you have to send the chow. Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about the major. Uh, this is a $500,000 event. The third one of the season, the, the third of five. And coming in, the Toronto Ultra were the favorites. I wouldn't say heavy favorites because... Phase uh, looked really good. Uh, most of the stage, uh, the subliners were the other one seed in uh, the winner's bracket, and they beat Phase in group play in stage three. So uh, there were a lot of talking points, and probably the biggest talking point for us was Optic uh, coming in. They started in the loser's bracket, and they would have to fight their way through the loser's bracket to make any sort of run. Uh, but let's start on uh, the first. Four matches. Uh, this is a different schedule than they usually do. Usually, they start these events on Wednesday. They started this one on Thursday, May thirteenth. Uh, in the first two matches, uh, I th- I think we both picked. Well, I mean, for the pod, you got the Seattle LAG game wrong, but for me, I was perfect through the first two matches of the the event. The London Royal Ravens eliminated the Paris Legion with a three one win and my team the best team in the call of duty league despite their record and their overall performance throughout the season the los angeles guerrillas they defeated and eliminated the seattle surge with a 3-1 win uh any lasting thoughts from these two matches in particular
1: yeah uh not much to talk about really from these ones uh i actually i i felt like uh, london was going to win i picked paris for yeah. the paris winning champs crew Uh, And I did pick Seattle in the other match because I knew you were going to pick LAG. (laughs) Um, But both of these maps, both of these matches were 3 1 wins for the respective team. Uh, The team that won, which London over Paris and LAG over Seattle, they won all three respawns. The team that ended up losing the series won uh, the search. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. the only thing I really noted down that I thought was a really cool play was Pristini had a uh, ninja defuse when Surge was down four five and it was I believe it was a four v four situation. He just like hopped on the bomb right away and went for the defuse. Uh, that was a pretty cool play for round eleven. Then Seattle was able to uh, clutch up for their only map win of the major there. But um, other than that, they're, they're pretty straightforward series in my opinion.
0: Yep, nothing really to to say. Um, also, Seattle choked to control. What's new? Because they are by far the worst team in, in control. I, I wrote the article, uh, we'll talk about it later, but about Seattle's roster change and they're I believe three and seventeen this season in control and they've only won on raid control, so or on garrison control, which is yeah, just and, incredible. And, and that one in particular that I wrote down they, they ended up losing uh three one, but
1: it was I believe it was the first round if my notes are correct. Uh Seattle was on offense and they capped a on garrison control first which is obviously the harder point to cap uh and they had plenty of lives left is i obviously don't know the exact number off the top of time head, had but they had lives advantage might not have even been advantage but there were a lot of lives left because they capped a early mm-hmm. should have been an easy offensive round which is hard to come by on garrison especially after you secure a you just have to go to b which is the easier point most of the time and they weren't able to do it so that's that's all i meant by it. they kind of they choked mm-hmm. that one round but as you kind of pointed out they haven't really been strong in control uh this whole year so um yeah.
0: Uh the third match of the day, highly anticipated winners bracket match between the Atlanta phase and the Dallas Empire, a rematch of the stage one major grand finals, uh which Atlanta won. Atlanta won here as well a three oh. Um what'd you think of Atlanta coming out and sweeping Dallas?
1: Yeah, I, I believe we both picked Atlanta to win this series. Yeah. Uh coming in it's still um we had only seen a couple of matches, I believe four matches with this Dallas revamped roster with Fellow and place of Hook. Yeah. So, um, I don't think either of us really had a lot of high expectations for Dallas in this match in particular, but Atlanta kind of just dominated. They, they took Apocalypse 5.250 to 209, so not obviously, you know, like a blowout there, but then they mm-hmm. win Checkmate Search 6-1, uh, obviously a pretty big win, and then the Garrison controls 3-2, so... Uh, Technically, the respawns were kind of close, but Atlanta took control on the search. And then, uh, most notably, just looking at the stats, uh, Cellium dropped a 1.61 overall in the series, and Ibiza had a 1.33. Whereas Shotzi had a 1.14 for the Empire, and the next highest was Krim with a 0.82. So, kind of big slang disparity there, despite uh, what the score lines might indicate. And, yeah, FaZe came out strong, took care of business.
0: Yeah, not a real surprising result. Uh, We knew how good Faze were. Dallas, they haven't looked poor or anything. It's just not been uh, perfect going for them so far. Uh, In the last match of of Thursday, the Florida Mutineers versus the Los Angeles Thieves. This was uh, the Mutineers' first winner's bracket appearance of the season. And they won. They actually came out. They beat the Thieves, uh, who um have hook and this is a relatively new lineup with hook in in the starting roster uh but they win 3-1 what do you think of the thieves uh losing i think this is their second match with hook in the lineup
1: it was their second match they played cuz they were 3 and 1 in group play after beating optic without hook and then they lost to new york and then they had yeah. this match so second one with Hook. um I I predicted Florida to take this one, and apparently that was more of a controversial take than I thought. Um, I know you picked LA, and I feel mm-hmm. like the overall majority of the community was actually leaning LA. But I was I was mainly picking Florida just from that chemistry standpoint, where like like we yeah. just said, this was this was the Thief's second match with HOOK. So um, the scores were super close. It was a really hard fought series. Regardless of Florida pulling it out. Um, it started, check me, hard point 250 to 233, Florida pulled away at the end, and Neptune, I don't remember what his exact streak was, but, uh, it was by that, like, on that rotation from, uh, the heart P1 inside the plane to P2 in the back garage area, um, he, he just went off and went on a nasty streak there, uh, and then second map was Express Search and Destroy, and Florida went 6-5 with Neptune getting a 1v2 in round 11, it was, I don't remember exactly who he was fighting, but it was like two, peoples in the, uh, two people in the lockers area uh, by that bomb by the train, and he kind of, you know, just pieced them up. They ch- they didn't, like, chow simultaneously, but it was kind of like one after another, and he was able to get both kills, so uh, it was an impressive start to the series by uh, Neptune there, and it looked like they had all momentum, but then uh, the Thieves pull off an O2 comeback in control to win. Uh, checkmate control 3-2, force a map for another hard point, before the takes uh, the Moscow hardpoint 250 to 216. So, uh, it was a close series overall by far the most entertaining series I thought of this first day of the major. Um, and if we take a quick look at the stats, Neptune had a 1.38. Oh, that's not the full match stats. That's just the hard point ones. Um, so, I don't know what it is exactly how the play was, but Neptune did play well in the series, so it wouldn't surprise me if he actually did have the highest KD yeah. in that series. He actually did not. Now I have it. <laughs> Skies went 1.19 uh, and went 184 most kills and highest
0: KD. Neptune was behind him, though, with a 1. 1.10. All right. So, let's get on to Friday matches. We have probably one of the most shocking results in a major so far this season. London just sweeping Minnesota. We both uh, had Minnesota advancing regardless of who advanced uh, to face them. And just absolutely uh, a stomp here. Um, I mean, just what did did you think of this? Uh, Because, I mean, I was mind blown.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, I honestly don't even really remember the series like off the top of my head i feel like it was just a super quick one and i probably because i was kind of surprised that london actually you know not only was i surprised that london won it but they won it in the 3-0 fashion that they did mm-hmm. uh we look at the scores real quick it was garrison hardpoint first map 25232. 232 raid search was 6-3 london and then garrison control was 30. so uh close map one and then london kind of had control after that uh, for the most part, but yeah, I mean, I, I really don't, like, it was a pretty forgettable series in my mind, I I don't even remember, I was just super surprised
0: that uh, Minnesota ended up losing in the end. Well, it's, it's really surprising considering Minnesota, they outslayed London in the hard point, uh, Paul X, he finishes 19-28 and 28 on Garrison hard point, point. Yeah, Zaptius 24-28, Shawnee 23-25, and Zed was the only one with a positive KD, and Minnesota still lost, which was and Priesta wow. dropped 35 kills in that map.
1: I do remember that. and Yeah, Priesta was crying.
0: And then and Priesta I, had two I bad maps after that. He yeah. he goes two and seven on raid, and then 11 and 21 on Garrison Control. Uh, just a really surprising result considering Minnesota. I believe finished in the top five in the second major of the season, and they were. I I know they. Yeah, so top
1: first team to lose to Toronto
0: on Sunday. Yeah, so a really surprising result. They go out with uh, no prize money for this event. I think they get ten CDL points, so it doesn't uh, hurt them. You know, completely. It's not like they went home entirely empty-handed, but a really big loss. And this and this leads into a roster change. Uh, From Minnesota. They hadn't. uh, So they they benched. Major Maniac. During stage two. Group play. And they replaced him with Standy. And they immediately improved. They go undefeated with Standy. In the rest of group play. They get to the major. They start in winner's bracket. And like you just said. They finish in top four. They lose to the eventual champions. The Toronto Ultra. And then this stage. They don't do that hot in group play they begin in the losers bracket and they're swept in the losers bracket matchup by uh one of the worst teams in the league if you're looking at it from a, a cdl point standing and london had finished i believe in maybe fourth place in their group uh, i want to say i think they finished two and three in their group so they had won two matches uh london w- wasn't you know some god squad coming in and minnesota loses to them this leads to Accuracy being benched for Major Maniac, so uh, Major Maniac is back in the lineup. What do you make of this roster change?
1: I'm kind of torn on it, to be honest. Um, I've never been, like, the biggest fan of Accuracy. Like, I, I've always, like, respected him. I think he's a really talented assault rifle player. He's, he's smart, obviously he's super clutch and search. so I love that aspect of his game. But um, I think this is just a case where Like, what I like about this change is just that they have Major Maniac on the bench, right? So, like, this change doesn't really cost them anything. Mm -hmm. They're doing it in Stage 4, and it's already a guy they're paying the salary for, and he's on the bench. So, like, this is kind of like an experiment, in my opinion, where, like, they can bring Major Maniac in for this stage, and if things don't work out, they could technically bring accuracy back in for Stage 5 or Champs. I'm uh, not really sure, obviously, if that's what they're going to do, but um, I think it should help their Search and Destroy gameplay, which, where, you know, obviously, uh, Accuracy is clutch and Search and Destroy, aside from, like, that 1v3 ace against mm-hmm. OpTic in Stage 2 Major, like, he's had moments throughout his career where he's always clutching up and, you know, you know just does the ice in his veins, all that. Um, so, so he's a good Search player, but Major Maniac is known as a good Search player too, you know, playing with guys like Simp and Abizi and mm-hmm. uh, the, the S&D crew that kind of came up in recent years. So, um, it should help in that regard, which was a mode, you know, Search was a mode that was really strong for the Rocker and during their honeymoon phase with Sandy. and uh, maybe that's something else that Major Maniac will bring to the table. I'm not really sure. But I do think it is worth noting that... Um, He said uh, in his tweet that it was, like, fasted gameplay, uh, which was likely referring to Ramadan for religious reasons. So um, that's kind of just, like, unfortunate timing for him uh, if it obviously is affecting his gameplay with him not being able to eat uh, throughout the day. So I do feel like that's worth mentioning. So obviously, you know, I think actually is a good player, uh, veteran leader who could bring a lot to a team. So not really sure if we'll see him again this year. Um, but I'm interested to see, uh, how this change will shake out for Minnesota, just based on the fact that, uh, we thought they were looking like a, a top tier team after bringing in Standy. And now it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're, they came off, like you said, second to last place finish at this major. So, uh, going to be interesting to see how, if they're able to bounce back with major maniac.
0: I wasn't entirely sure that they were going to make a change. that. I definitely didn't know that they were gonna end up benching accuracy in this, but the re- the response from Minnesota on social media, the the players, the coaches, the organization as a whole, it it was apparent that it was an unacceptable performance, and that it, you know when Brian St. and Reppin they go on uh, Twitter. And they make a video and they say, you know, this is obviously unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. And they do that on Twitter. That makes me think, well, okay, like if you're making this public of a statement, it wouldn't surprise me if you made a change as well, considering how how, how high expectations were for this team after a top four finish at the previous major and wins, I believe, over Dallas and Optic in group play. So there's that, uh, I, I just think there's there's too high of expectations for the team. Uh, I, I shouldn't say too high because really you should expect the most out of this team. But uh, I, I just thought maybe there was something coming or something brewing there after the, the social media response from the team.
1: My thing, you know,
0: and, and
1: unrelated you No, know, I think it's, I, I actually like how Uh, You know, The Rocker did their their video to announce the change, kind of gives more info than just, you know, like a tweet Mm -hmm. uh, with other changes that we see. But um, aside from that, I think it's actually, like, kind of nuts if you just think about all of the, like, veteran top-tier main AR players who Mm -hmm. have been benched this year, right? Like, now we have actually getting benched, Methods was already benched, Uh, Slasher was benched, Um, I feel like I'm missing... Somebody else, but I'm not really sure off the top of my head. Let me think. It'll um London, pair. I so that's probably the big three that I'm thinking of, right? I i guess you could do Diamond Con obviously doesn't fit into that, but he's just an AR player who was benched. So, so I guess that's the big three of like veteran ARs, right? Slash your accuracy and methods now who have all been benched. Um, and it's definitely you know. We were talking about it before the show, off-season stuff, and we got a while until we get there, but it will definitely be interesting to see. You know, we, we got to figure out what's going on, with, if if there's going to be expansion teams and stuff like that, but uh, you got to think if, if that is a case or some teams are rebuilding, these are some of the guys, like Accuracy, Slasher, and Methods, who you might uh, build the team around in the sense of, you know, getting that strong assault rifle player and then filling out your roster from there. Could be a route that some teams go down
0: yeah assault rifle players are um i mean with the krig buffs you you never know Uh, they might be in uh, in high demand and those players will maybe not uh maybe they won't get promoted back up to their current team's roster but maybe they'll be traded or acquired in some way by another team looking to improve uh their ar spot who knows i i hope i mean i i don't think the league is better off with slasher methods and accuracy on the bench. No no disrespect to whatever three players that they would be replacing, but especially slasher. He's a world champion, one of the greatest Call of Duty players of all time. Methods, probably one of the greatest personalities in Call of Duty of all time. Accuracy is obviously super clutch, and he's been around for a long time. So uh, I, I hope that those guys make it back because it's, it's a lot more interesting when those guys are in the league and they're competing at the in the top level uh so let's let's move on to the to the next match uh this was Optic Chicago versus the Los Angeles Gorillas uh this was an unfortunate result for me uh as I believe I picked the LA uh, picked LAG to go to the top four I I think least, no. it was either top four or top five they were they were going to go really far either way and they actually played really well. Um, they, it, this is a constant occurrence for this team, and it is incredibly frustrating. Uh, we talked about it on the last podcast, but they had the same, uh, the same amount of wins, I, I believe, as the Florida Mutineers, who were in the winners bracket, and they finished, I think, two spots ahead of the uh, the Grizzlies in group play. Uh, they just choke so many matches so many games it's ridiculous they had the opportunity to beat optic they could have swept optic in in all sincerity in this series had they clutched up but they didn't and it ends up going to optic 3-1 uh what did you think of this series
1: yeah that was the biggest takeaway for me was just like this was our first look at optic like we we talked about it at length in the last podcast that like could, could we imagine optic just losing this you know they're starting the loser bracket and there was a possibility they just get like top 10 which probably would have been one of those optics worst placings and god knows how long i would have to look it up um but yeah like that that was a possibility coming into the major there was a lot of questions surrounding optic and you know their struggles at that time in group mm-hmm. play but you know gorillas come out here and they win that first match and it could have been you know like a little bit of a nervous thing for the green wall like oh my god you know two maps away from dropping out of the major but uh then you know they're able to get the job done winning two three and four uh though all the maps were super close after you know lag wins garrison Hardpoint 250 148 so that wasn't particularly close but then Mm -hmm. uh after that optic takes moscow search six five they win raid control three two and then moscow Hardpoint 250 to 210. so uh it was a really close series um yeah, we can look at the
0: stats real quick. one um, the in was... the search, it was envoy and scump. They they combined for twenty one kills. A form one dash. He combined for nine. So there there was a... a I mean just, I I believe it was scump. I think it was, I think it was on raid control. He had a really clutch kill, uh, on defense, and that ended up winning them the round. It just there are just certain moments, uh, and I'm obviously, like, I'm impartial when I write and stuff. It doesn't really bleed into that, but when I'm watching it, I almost always want an underdog to win because it's the best story. It's the most interesting to see that the Los Angeles Gorillas, who are currently in second to last in the league to beat Optic, who is, I, I, I mean, they've dropped in the standings a little bit, but they're still a top five team, and Optic is a, a huge name. It just it's heartbreaking to see teams throw away advantages or just completely choke in the in the worst case scenario. Um, there are just multiple multiple uh, moments during the series: a six-five result for Optic on Moscow Search, a three-two win for Optic on Raid uh, Control, and a two-fifty to two-ten. It wasn't, like, Moscow hardpoint wasn't super close because OpTic dominated, I think, P2, and they held for, like, 40 seconds, and it basically was the difference, but just absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I think that's just a sign. Uh, like, this is we still got to remember this is, that was mm-hmm. the first major for LAG with Sheen, right? Like, so what, they've they played seven matches now with Sheen, so it's a little bit more than some of these other teams that made changes heading into Stage uh, 3 but it's still a relatively new team and you know like you said they they've had a ton of close series so the, the the potential is definitely there and obviously you know they're running out of time uh in terms of the season to get their points to make sure they go to champs but so stage 4 is going to be a big time uh for them to show what they're made of cuz you know if they have another stage where it, you know it's great if they're they're having close matches, right? You like if they're losing, uh, even if the matches are close, like that's that's a sign that they have potential, but like yeah. that the the window for that is closing. Like you, you have to clutch up in these matches now in stage four and stage five. So, um we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. I know you diff certainly will in stage four.
0: Yeah, just to correct myself, the uh, gorillas are in ninth place, not eleventh place. So they're yeah. only thirty points back from the mutineers who are on eighth. So they're 30 points away from, well, I guess like 31 points away from being in the top eight, but uh, so it's it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that they actually go to champs and they get to compete for the multi-million dollar prize. But man, if you if you say win zero matches in group play, that's zero points. Even winning one or two matches, that that's at most 20 points. It's really when you get to the major, you have to perform well because Getting 10 points every major, it's not going to cut it. Especially if teams like Mutineers or the Rocker have a good event, then you're kind of you're kind of out. And uh, LAG are going to need to fix that. Same with all those other bottom teams. They need to really, really clutch up these uh, last three months or two and a half months or whatever of the season. So let's move on to the match we were all really looking forward to. Uh, The Atlanta phase versus the Toronto Ultra. This was a rematch of the Stage 2 major grand finals, which the Ultra won. Um, uh, Atlanta actually beat Toronto earlier in that event, and then Toronto got revenge in the grand finals. They looked absolutely dominant, and they hadn't lost since that first phase matchup uh, coming into this. I think it was uh, like seven or eight consecutive wins since that loss to phase in the Stage 2 major. Uh, so they come in, uh, they're really hot. Phase is actually really hot as well. And Phase ends up winning 3 uh, 2, breaking the uh, Ultra's uh, win streak and sending them down to the loser's bracket. What did you think of Phase versus Ultra?
1: Yeah, this was, I mean, we had a ton of great series mm-hmm. throughout this major. Uh, this was probably like the first epic one. Obviously, we kind of touched on earlier that Florida LA Thieves match was probably the best match of the first day. But you know, this was uh, this was the match a lot of people wanted to see, and it was it was really close. Went down to the wire. Obviously, it was a game five uh, victory. But uh, the biggest thing for me was that Atlanta was able to win uh, both control both searches. Sorry, uh, I believe the C D L Twitter tweeted um, that. It, with Game Two, it was Atlanta's seventh straight s d win, and it was Toronto's first s d loss in 33 days. So wow. that that was a huge win, in my mm-hmm. opinion. That probably, you know, Atlanta or er, sorry, Toronto was able to respond, and they were really good at control, and they had a, another a lengthy win streak in control that uh, was ended towards the end of the major, I believe. But, um. Regardless of it, kind of here, you know, they, they come out and they take that controls, the swing mode. They're able to take uh, the raid hardpoint map for to force a game five. But then, you know, Atlanta, doing what Atlanta does, comes out and closes it with a strong search win there. You know, shout out Tupac, I guess.
0: Uh,
1: yep. Whatever you want to attribute it to. Uh, that's obviously, you know, I will always be in the group that S&D wins championships. So, um. That's basically the tale of this series was, you know, Atlanta wins map one, they win both searches, boom, job done.
0: And that's what we talked about when we were previewing this match, that if Phase won the searches, it came down mostly to the hard points because in the major, Toronto had the habit of losing the opening hard point and then winning the next three maps because they're a really good search and control team. And in this, Phase. They win that opening hard point, so they they don't let Toronto get an early lead in the series, and then they win that first search on checkmate. Uh, obviously, they they should have closed it out on Garrison control. They had the opportunity to do so, so they let Toronto get back in the series. But like you said, S and D does win championships. If you're a really good search and destroy team, you should have you should have a chance to win any series against anyone. I think the Gorillas are good. Uh, a good example of that because they come really close to beating teams that they're obviously, uh, they don't have as much chemistry together. uh, Like as far, as far as time, you know, because Chino's only been there for maybe a month, month and a half with that team, but they were very close to beating other teams. FaZe has that chemistry. They've been together the entire season. They're one of, I believe two teams now that have not made a roster change this season and they're obviously one of the best search and destroy teams in the world. And they're they look even better with Tupac. They had that little that little slump uh, at the end of stage two, early stage three, but it seems like they're right where they left off. And man, if they're winning every search, it's going to be really hard to beat them in any series, especially a grand finals. We'll talk about that later. But when there's more than two searches, it, it makes it very difficult to. Won a series against them. Uh, And and to close out Friday's matches, we had the Florida Mutineers versus the New York Subliners. This was the other winner's bracket semifinal match. Uh, The winner would go on to play phase in the winter final, and that ended up being the Subliners. Just not really close uh, here. uh, The Mutineers were. They were, it was surprising to see them here in the first place, in my opinion, just because I thought the Thieves would be. But um, uh, the Subliners, they just looked incredible. They continued their run of hard point wins. Uh, what did you think of the Subliners' win here?
1: I, mean, just one point. I had a pretty good read on this winner's bracket because I yeah. I picked Faze to beat Toronto, too, and uh, I had Florida getting to this match. Uh, but I did think New York was going to take... Uh, this match over Florida, but not in this fashion. This was just an absolute uh, stop. It was 250-149 Garrison Hardpoint for New York six zero in the search and three zero in the control. So, uh, really strong performance from New York. It was also their first series of. This major and they just came out and made a statement right away um the lowest kd on new york for the series was mac with a 1.25 overall <laughs> uh clay dropped the 1.77 hydra had a 1.58 and eason had a 1.35 and everybody was negative on florida it was just a really strong performance out of new york and uh we kind of touched on it last at the end of last episode where i i was Porn on whether you could consider New York a dark horse or not, just because, you know, they were the one seed and uh, group player or whatever. But, like, most people were thinking the major was going to go to either Toronto or New York, so they technically weren't in that, like, you know, S tier or whatever. What did I say?
0: You said Toronto or New York.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, Toronto or Atlanta was, like, that S tier. Those were the two teams most people were picking, and New York was just, like, on the outside looking in in that uh, respect. So, like, this was – uh, a really strong statement win for them to open their major.
0: On Saturday, the opener was the Los Angeles Thieves versus the London Royal Ravens. The Thieves, they swept the Ravens. They eliminated them from the Stage 3 major with a top-eight finish. Um, any thoughts on this match?
1: I don't think we have to touch on it too much. Uh, this was, so this was technically uh, the Thieves' first win with Hook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, third match i believe yeah one at that point yeah so uh their first match with them uh 120 250 to 123 in hard point uh it was a 6-5 in the search and 3-2 in control so map one wasn't really close other two maps were kind of close uh but the thieves get the job done uh it was another case similar to uh, New York series against Florida. Not as dominant, though, but all four players on the Thieves had a positive KD. All four players on London were negative. So uh, just an overall strong performance out of the Thieves. And yep. they get that first too.
0: So with this loss, the, like I said, the London Royal Ravens, they're out with a top eight finish, which was actually their best finish of the season at a major so far. Uh, despite that... They announced today that Zaptius has not been re-signed. He'll be leaving the team. And Alex, who started the season uh, on the London starting roster and went back to Europe for personal family matters, he's returning to the United States. He's going to be inserted back into the starting lineup for the Ravens. And they also uh, announced that Afro, a European challengers player who they signed as a substitute early in the season, but he, uh, he's been stuck in Europe as well. Uh, he is actually coming to the United States. They didn't confirm uh, whether he would be starting, but I mean, he's coming to the United States, so there's definitely at least some interest there. You would presume that he will eventually become a starter or he will at least help the team practice or something uh, similar. And also their former head coach, Dominate, who they had actually announced had been released like two weeks ago. He rejoins London and he's coming to the United States as well to help the team. Uh, what do you think of Alex uh, coming back in the lineup and Zaptius after a, a strong performance, a relatively strong performance for London at the major, uh, him not coming back?
1: Yeah, I think this is a case like we've, we've touched on before too, where London has clearly shown they're willing to make moves this year um i don't think it was ever announced i know london announced for like multiple of their other signings whether they were like 14 day contracts or mm-hmm. actually uh, i believe two-week contracts or you know like they signed paul x for the full season i believe yeah. after his two week or whatever so like they were transparent for some signings but uh was i don't think they ever actually revealed if it was only a two week or a uh full season because i tried to look earlier today and I don't think I found it. So um, it could have been a case where it was just he, he was signed to one of those 2 weeks contracts, right, and they just decided not to renew it yeah. because, you know, Alex is coming back. So uh, from a business perspective, like, it makes sense if that's the case. Um, I was listening to the flank. I – what's it? It must have been Monday night um, where Methods was kind of, like, saying, like, he doesn't think Alex has been even playing in Challengers in the U.K., so he's kind of just, like, coming back. Uh, like you know, he was perf- he was performing in the pro league and then uh, went home for personal reasons and hasn't like competed since then. So and now it's coming right back into the pro league. So uh, if that is the case and that's correct, that's a little interesting. Um, kind of like being thrown right back into the fire. So uh, eyes will be on him seeing how he performs. Um, and like you said, they didn't officially announce uh, a starting lineup for stage four yet, but. Um, London was scrimming today against that Easter team, uh, Tom Gravity, John, Jerd, and Sib, I believe, uh, Tom Gravity was the one streaming, and Zuma was watching earlier, and I was watching, and London was scrimming with Shawnee, Alex, Afro, and Paul X, so, um, obviously, could be a sign that he's starting, or they're just trying things out, I think people were saying that he's still in Europe, like, for these scrims. And he was absolutely frying. Like he, he was popping two pieces and Zuma was like kinda of blown away and he was like asking like chat what's going on and people were saying he's like the British Hydra and all this stuff. So uh it was kinda of entertaining, but um, regardless of, you know, the situation there, if Afro does come in and make his debut, it'll certainly uh be exciting to see if he lives up to these expectations that you know, apparently some people have. Um, regardless, though, it's always good to see new talent come in. So uh, I will, I for one will be excited if Effort does make his due, or debut to see how he does.
0: Yeah, and I uh, I think we've talked about it before, but uh, London has seemed determined of making their roster a English roster. That's kind of what they want. That's that's how I think they view their their team they're an English team I I know they have Paul X though but uh, I don't think they want to just you don't want to take out a player that you you think you like you know you can't replace I guess just because he's not English so but I think I mean Alex seemed to be someone that they were willing to build around because he is English he is a really talented player. I had him on my fantasy team earlier in the season. He was doing all right. Um, He seems like a a really good kid. Uh, And that just, I think they are very committed to doing that. So it wouldn't be surprising if we see Afro come in who, uh, no offense to Zed, but he was not their first option, obviously. He he wasn't even a substitute for London until Alex went uh, back to England. And Afro has been on their roster uh, as a substitute and, an, and in challengers for the entire season, so it seems to be uh, seems to me that they're just continuing their their goal of making it an English team and and trying to compete uh, as well as they can with that kind of that kind of roster. And I think it's a case
1: too where uh, we we are getting towards the end of the season here, um, London right now is on the outside looking in for champs Mm -hmm. uh they still have time to make a run but uh, this could be a case where they have afro he's a young amateur player signed already they're paying him and they want to see what they have um that could be the case we've talked about that before with like hydra before he you know he came in and was just an absolute stud uh we were saying that like you know new york had this guy that at the beginning of the season they wanted to start and you know, even though New York was playing strong uh, with their previous roster at the start of the year, um, they they had a chance to see what they got had in Hydra, and obviously it worked out um, in this most recent stage. But um, that that for me is interesting. We saw last year with London, like they signed Nasty, I believe his name was, mm-hmm. and he never actually played for London. So a little bit of a difference here, where if Afro does come in, he's that sub player where. Um, they're giving him a shot, and um, if he does play, you, you kind of still got to feel bad for Zero, right? He was like mm. um, that intended starter from day one for him, and it just never panned out, never got the Visa situation. He was released out, along with Dominic, I believe, not too long ago, so um, hopefully we'll see Zero back in the league next year because I think he's super talented, but uh, yeah, I, I'm Interested to see where London goes from here. It's obviously not shocking at this point that they're making another change.
0: Yeah, they're in 10th place right now, 50 points back from 8th place. And uh, obviously, you need to get into the top 8 to even get to the playoffs. So uh, that's really important. Um, I mean, had they... uh, I'm pretty sure that they finished in the top 8 last season, uh, in the regular season. Yeah. But... um, some of those teams, like I believe, Optic uh, Gaming Los Angeles. Uh, we we must not speak of them, but uh, Fake Optic. They had a um, a poor regular season last year, but then had a very strong uh, end to the season at champs. They almost beat uh, the Huntsmen, and they had a really uh, came good in fourth at champs last year. Was that
1: London came in fourth last year at champs? Yeah,
0: I know. I was just I was thinking for some reason that they hadn't finished in the top eight last season in the regular season, but Uh, Optic was the one that I was thinking about where they had had a poor regular season and had champs been held on land, they likely wouldn't have even made it because they were going to do the top eight thing as well. But this season, uh, like London, LAG, Paris, Seattle, none of these bottom four teams are out of it by any means because who knows what kind of team Florida will be like in the next stage they've been a little bit up and down minnesota we just saw their up and down who knows how the thieves wind up with hook in this lineup uh so we'll just see everything is really still fluid and um it'll be interesting to see how alex and possibly afro fit into this new london starting lineup and on the second match of the day on saturday E eclasico uh, dallas versus optic um, I mean, it's—I don't think uh, either—Optic didn't look great in that LAG series. They were very close to losing several of those maps. They obviously did lose that first map, but Dallas looked pretty poor against Atlanta in their winner's bracket. So coming into this match, I don't know if any of their fans—I don't know if Dallas fans had a lot of confidence in their team. I don't know if Optic fans had a lot of confidence in their team— But Optic, they come in and they sweep Dallas. They eliminate them from the stage three major, I believe, with the top six or top seven finish or something like that. Top eight, yeah. Top eight. Um, So uh, what did you think of Optic beating Dallas here?
1: Yeah, for for your early question, I I wish our head correspondent, Trem, was in the chat so we could ask him for the perspective from a Dallas fan. But, uh, yeah, coming into the major, this was – the situation in my prediction where i said this could have been the swing map or swing series for optic where you know i anticipated that atlanta would beat dallas and dallas would drop down to face og after optic wins their first loser bracket match so um i thought this was going to be a tougher match um i said on the last pod that i could see optic winning if you know they, they heat up and um obviously that's what happened but i i actually did pick dallas to win it and you know optic Came to, in particular Dashi came to play he absolutely popped off in this series um but yeah i mean dallas had 06 map count at this major right they they lose 3-0 to phase and then 3-0 to Optic. so what they new york win a map at the major yeah that was new york last major so um yeah th- this was a super interesting series outside of you know like optic dominating like statistically and everything Um, It was interesting because Shotzi did have a 1v4 that was pretty cool in the search. And then we had the introduction of that timeout or pause feature, which everybody was kind of blown back like, well, what the heck is this? Yeah. Um, So I I just wanted to bring that up, thought that was just noteworthy. Uh, That'll definitely be cool if we're able to, you know, have that consistently uh, throughout the rest of the years of the CDL. But um, at the end of the day, Optic, you know, kind of dominated this series and uh most notably if we look at the stats dash he had a 2.15 overall in the series whereas ellie had a 0.5 so pretty big difference there um and yeah this is the start of optic going on a run like i imagined if they were able to get the job done you know optic despite their previous struggles they they it seems like they're kind of the, the term, tournament team with the veteran leadership of T2P and all that. They kind of showed up, um, proved some doubters wrong, including me, who picked Dallas uh, to actually win it. So uh,
0: pretty interesting match. Like you said, Italy had a point a five KD in this series. It's got to be one of the lowest KDs, uh, series KD of the season. I don't remember seeing anybody, you know... I saw in the... Uh one sec and that New York
1: Florida stomp havoc had a point four nine he went 22 oh, and 45 oh, so one one death more or yeah one death more than a point five
0: yeah hashtag greasy gang uh but <laughs> so so what do you think of Dallas right now they they obviously go own six at the major um I I have it pulled up I have their or I did have their schedule pulled up uh so since so they play ultra on uh i believe it was april 25th that seems about right um so okay so they they have hook to start stage three uh so april April 22nd they beat paris to start off stage three april 25th they lose to toronto or no 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 Uh, okay i i figured it out my brain is working now so they beat Paris on April 22nd. Later that night, they bench Hook for Fellow, and then their first match with uh, with uh, Fellow is April 25th against the Toronto Ultra. They lose that map. Um, so since they put in Fellow in place of Hook, who they have since traded to the LA Thieves, they are two and four with Fellow. Uh, obviously, that's in the, in the four losses, they haven't won any of those maps. They're 0 and 12 in their in their four losses. Four
1: what are they two and four because didn't they go two and three or no did they go three and two in group play they went three and two
0: yeah because they won that paris match and then they won two with fellow so they lost they got sweep by ultra they uh win in five games against lag they get swept by the mutineers they win three one against minnesota and at the major they get swept by atlanta and get swept by optic what do you think of the fellow experiment and in this roster going forward and and ellie just he's changed roles he just dropped a 0.5 i
1: mean so it's it's clearly not working as they intended right like mm-hmm. obviously we don't know if this is you know a short-term change where they expected fellow to come in for hook and immediately succeed and be championship caliber team uh we don't know if that was the case it just seemed like you know based on everything we've heard so far that there were some communication issues and Um, they, they had to make a change. So, uh, this could be more of a long-term project, I guess. Um, it would be a little weird considering, you know, Dallas is the inaugural CDL champions. And, uh, you know, they They were in second place
0: when they made that roster change as well. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that'll still be a super, you know, just a highly questioned roster move for a long time. If not for the rest of CDL history. But um, regardless of that, Dallas is definitely gonna have to um, try to prove some doubters wrong in Stage Four, right? I and mean, it doesn't. I I would be surprised if uh, Dallas made a move before Stage Four. Um, I believe it was Crone actually. Cdl Intel tweeted that uh, like it was a podcast clip of Rambo saying he's basically like the Jackie Moon <laughs> of the Cdl, and he confirmed that he's now their sub, so he's you know GM coach and Dallas is sub so it doesn't seem like they're gonna make a move um and they're, they're gonna have to try to figure things out it's kind of like a case where I don't know exactly what they're gonna need to do um I think uh yeah it was at least keys to victory for optic the optic Dallas series um well obviously they struggled against faze because faze smoked them 3-0 but mm-hmm. uh they they were 0 and 5 in control heading into that optic series with mellow so that means they're 0 and 6 with fellow in control um obviously it's not the most important game mode you only play it once in a series but that's still noteworthy uh in my opinion so they they have some stuff to work on and uh we're going to have to keep an eye out for that at this stage uh, it will be interesting to see um what goes on in the group selection show right because um in these past couple stages it's a it's always been uh well heading into stage one it was dallas and atlanta who were automatically like that top team and they got the first two picks and then they got it again after stage one because they were in the finals and then going into stage three it was toronto and atlanta and now this time it'll be Atlanta and New York, and you would assume Toronto would be the first pick, so uh, New York will probably have Toronto in their group, and then who it who would New York send to uh, Atlanta's group? That would be interesting because, you know, if we go by top four, it would Optic. be Optic. Yeah, but I believe even though Optic got eliminated early in the last major, they were still – I think Toronto – sent optic to Phases Group with the first pick, even though like what optic got top six or yeah top I think it was top, top six. six last
0: yeah.
1: year. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, just based on that, real quick, it doesn't seem like Dallas will be a top pick, but that's kind of you know crazy to think about if you just think about uh, where they are in the standings compared to some of the other teams. So uh, I guess that was a long-winded way of saying that. A lot of question marks surrounding Dallas heading into Stage 4, and we're going to have to see what they pull off.
0: Dallas are currently in third place in the league, uh, 10 points behind the subliners who are in second, and only five points separating Dallas between uh, Dallas and Toronto. Uh, Toronto's just five points back, and only 30 points between Dallas and Optic, uh, who's in fifth place. So there's a very real chance if Dallas does not have a good stage four group play or a stage four major and Toronto and Optic do what they've been doing for like the last week or so and they come out and they play well they win three or four m- matches each in group play there's a very real chance Dallas could end stage four in fifth place so it's it's been a I mean they, they had a, a good size lead uh, because of how well they played over the first two stages but man this has uh, been a really rough stretch for Dallas and Let's see if they can actually end up, you know, salvaging what seemed to be a really promising season early on. Uh, Next match, Toronto Ultra versus the LA Thieves. Um, I'm pretty sure the Thieves were not too happy about having to play Ultra uh, coming off a loss. And uh, the Ultra, they win 3-1. What did you think of the Ultra's, um, I guess, comeback here?
1: i mean well, we gotta talk about this first map right like ultra went 250 to 14 on raid hardpoint like man i was one of the i literally i'm pretty sure like i was saying in the group chat that i like went in the shower at the start of the series and like <laughs> i came back and it was like 150 to 10 or something great like it i was like what it what just happened like I, I had to rewatch it back because i had missed so much of it and i didn't expect to uh and it was just an absolute stomp Um, Obviously, we have to take it with a slight grain of salt because they did apparently have server issues and they switched servers after the map won. Um, Regardless, it was still like a really dominant win in that hardpoint for uh, Ultra. And then after that server switch, uh the thieves do respond by taking Miami Search six one. And at this point, uh that moved Toronto to 0 and three S and D in the Major and like we had talked about with that phase, uh that game two lost a phase uh in the winners bracket was their first S and D loss in thirty-three days, and now at this point they were 0 and three in S and D, so it was kinda like um a question mark for me. It's like maybe a little worried like what's going on with Toronto's S and D or like these teams figuring out what they're doing, watching VOD, et cetera. Um, so that that's something we're gonna have to keep an eye on for Toronto moving into stage four. But um then Toronto is able to close it out. They win their twelfth straight control um and they end up taking the second hard point on checkmate two fifty to eighty one. So <laughs> Uh maybe that 250 to 81 is a little bit more of a realistic uh range for map 1 without the server issues we'll never know obviously. Um but that means so 1481 that means they
0: <laughs> they yeah, 100 like point double
1: club. double 100 point club <laughs> It was
0: 595.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um so yeah, the the that was just, you know. Uh, a big series for Toronto in the sense of them bouncing back from their first loss in so long uh, regardless
0: of the struggle there in SMD. Yeah, just, that's, it's just an absolute, I think, I don't know if this was confirmed by the CDL, but uh, some people were saying, I believe it was JP from New York, I think he said that it was the most lopsided hard point win in like major Call of Duty history, like either in the Pro League or in like a
1: i know what you're talking about i saw his tweet
0: yeah yeah because i believe oh, no. before that it was like 100 thieves or something b now
1: it was it was enables was...
0: it was enables team right there wasn't like 250 like 22 or something enables oh,
1: the phase epsilon one or something they were talking
0: about too i sort of saw enables tweet and he was yeah. saying something about uh where is it um
1: he hasn't tweeted that much, but why can't I find
0: this? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe he deleted it.
1: Or oh no, here it is. Yeah. So Toronto Ultra sets the record for fastest hardpoint map between pro teams since the start of IW with two fifty one or two fifty to fourteen win over LAT that lasted five forty three. The previous record was held by TK in their two fifty to eighty or two fifty to twenty eight win versus Vitality in World War Two Pro League that clocked in at five fifty one.
0: Yeah. So this was. Like if you took a really long poop, it was over and you didn't even know it. you were wiping and and they were ending the in the ending the map. Some people said that they literally went to go eat and they came back and it was already in the search. So they had gotten through map one and the break before they came back. I mean, just it's incredible. Uh, we likely will see something similar when they expand because those teams at the very bottom will be even worse than the teams at the very bottom right now. I mean, you have to think that they're going to – some of those guys are going to be stretched thin. We're going to have some – There's a lot
1: of talent not
0: in the league right now. Yeah, but you got to think that the worst team, like – so if they get to 20, 22 teams or something, that 22nd team is not going to be good. Like, there's just no way. I don't know. We'll have to find out. It's not like L.A. Thieves – are actually a bad team. I'm not saying that, but just just a ridiculous uh, scoreline here. Yeah. And um, maybe they just have some hard point things that they had to work on. Who knows? Uh, they're obviously out of the tournament with this loss, um, which is disappointing considering they were 3-1 and one heading into the final week, and then they benched TJ for Hook, which is, uh, like we said, it's understandable why you would do that. But uh, it didn't work out. For Stage 3, they end up losing their final group play match. They lose the first match of uh, the Major, yep. and then they win against London, and then they lose against Toronto. So uh, only one win with HOOK so far, but still a lot of time to, to turn around and do well for the rest of this, um season. So uh, yep. let's move on to Florida versus Optic. Obviously, OpTic, they're they're coming off two straight wins. Uh, This is as many wins as they got in the entire group play Uh, in Stage 3. They just crush Florida and eliminate them from the tournament. What do you think of OpTic winning 3-0?
1: I mean, this was kind of what I was touching on earlier where I said, you know, I predicted that I thought Dallas was going to take it, but if OpTic was able to beat Dallas, I felt like that was the win that could help them go on a run. And that's what happens, They they have that momentum from that previous win and they come in uh against Florida and they take care of business right away with a three-o. Um, I believe so the first hard point Moscow hard point was two fifty to one thirty nine, so not particularly close. The raid search six five came down to around eleven dash he clutched a one v three. Uh that was super cool clutch. Um he like picked up a two piece of laundry and it was a one v one between him and Havoc. Um uh, dash was able to get the bomb down and then pick off havoc too so uh it was a really good play out of him and you know from there optic takes the control 3-1 and basically kind of over once they clutch that up in my opinion um so yeah that that like solidified optic had a 6-0 map count on saturday with their two sweeps of dallas and florida and uh you know they made it to sunday
0: yeah I, this is at at this point i was thinking Maybe Optic, obviously they beat Empire. They were cold coming into that because they hadn't played. But they had only played maybe an hour and a half before this match. And we've been talking about it before. And people talked about it after the grand finals on Sunday. But uh, there was talk about how these teams actually benefit from having a a match earlier in the day. Or in, in some cases, a match right before their next match. Uh, what do you think of Optic having a match about an hour and a half, two hours before this one, and then they come out really hot?
1: It's not the first time we've seen that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just Stage 2 Major, Toronto goes on that Sunday run where they mm-hmm. beat Minnesota, Dallas, and then FaZe. So what they had, to, they won 11 maps on Sunday, I think it was, for, to win the Stage 2 Major. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not the first time we've happened. I think... Uh, it, it's a situation, unless we're, we're capping teams to only play one match a day, which would obviously lengthen the tournament by mm-hmm. um, pretty absurd time. Um, I don't really know a way around it. It's just something that's going to happen. Um, and it, it's kind of like a situation where um, it, it's on the other team, where if you know, like in Florida's case here, you know uh, you're going to be playing against Optic or Dallas, who's playing a match ahead of time with you, you got to try to get a scrim with another team like maybe like a team in the winner's bracket that's playing after you or mm-hmm. you know I, I don't I don't know exactly who you're going to try to scrim or, but you got you got to try to get a scrim so you're trying to match that level of you know being warmed up and ready to go and I, i'm sure the teams do that obviously they warm up and stuff so um i don't know i don't really know if there's a way around it
0: yeah so let's get to the final match on saturday the winner's bracket final The winner of this uh, would go on to the grand final. They would secure a top-two finish for the tournament. Atlanta phase versus the New York Subliners. Um, uh, New York obviously gave Atlanta their only loss of Stage uh, stage 3 group play earlier on. And they come out, they win a 3-2 series uh, despite Atlanta ending uh, the Subliners' 11-game hard point winning streak. What did you think of the Subliners' win here?
1: Yeah, this was an awesome series overall. Kind of like you said, there was some some stuff that was unexpected, just like in the sense that uh, New York was able to take Checkmate Search and Destroy, which was the second map. Um, I didn't look it up for sure, but uh, I know the broadcast had been gassing uh, Atlanta's uh, Checkmate Search, so I believe it could have been their first loss. Uh, on Checkmate Search. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it, it's you know they had a good record on Checkmate Search regardless, so that was a little surprising. And then, like you said, uh, New York was uh, undefeated since adding Hydra uh, in Hardpoint, and uh, Atlanta was able to steal a Hardpoint off them. So uh, th- this was a super entertaining series. Uh, New York comes out and takes Map 1 and Map 2, but Atlanta responds by taking 3 and 4, forcing Game 5, and then it comes down to uh, game five, round 11 on Express. It was a 1v1 between Simp and Hydra.
0: And um... Hydra's smart. He didn't take the gun. Yeah. Part.
1: No, I, I believe um, they were talking about on the flank that Clay was kind of like, just because he, he he's teamed with Simp before, he was telling him he's like, he's not going to play it, so don't chow it. And uh, Hydra listened to him and Simp didn't end up planning. So uh, I don't know how true that was, but I believe that's what they were talking about on the flank. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, this was a case kind of like what we were talking about uh, earlier for Faze and Toronto, where Atlanta wins both searches, they win the series. Uh, here in New York, takes both searches, and they take the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you can win at least one of the searches against Faze, that gives you such, such a better chance at beating them in a series. And if you're winning two searches against Faze, that's obviously incredible considering how good they've been all season long. Um, uh, we saw in the stage two major Toronto, they they won because they were beating them in searches consistently. Uh, and that's that's a, a major key to beating FaZe at all times. But uh, really shocking to see uh, New York win both of them. I think that express search, it might've been the best search game that I've seen between professional teams like ever because it was, you had... All the drama, basically. RCD is just clutching up over and over again, and like and then obviously a one v one round eleven uh, between Simp, who's one of probably the best Call of Duty player in the world, and and Hydra, who, I mean, he's not the best Call of Duty player, but he's been on a roll and he's a rookie, and you want to see how he reacts to a um, to a situation like that. So just a really interesting, really great uh, game. A lot we had a lot of great matches throughout the entire uh, week because this was um, kind of
1: like the turning point on on Saturday, where you know Sunday was full of great matches, but like and like Saturday was where things really started heating up, leading into Sunday, and there's a lot of good matches. Um, didn't mean
0: to cut you off, sorry. No, but when we get these matches between the top six teams, top seven teams, and it's optic versus dallas atlanta versus new york toronto versus atlanta those type of matches that's when we see the best call of duty no offense to those bottom four or five teams but man to see the top four or five teams play each other they they always put on a show and it's just it's incredible uh we just i think nubsy said it that call of duty just seems to be in a really good spot right now although some players will complain about the meta or whatever but all in all, I think from a viewership standpoint, from a spectator standpoint, it, it seems to be really good. And this is just a perfect example of that as New York moves on to the grand finals, um, their first grand finals of this season. Um, and uh, they won a, an event last season. So I think that was their first or their second uh, grand finals in their team history, I guess. Um, and then this was, what was I go ahead? No, I was just I was going to move on, so if you have uh, any thoughts... I was just
1: going to say, this was the first time that uh, we saw FaZe get knocked down to the loser oh, back yep. of the season. Um, obviously, it was only for one match because they go down to the losers' finals, but uh, still, kind of interesting to bet.
0: Yeah, and, and something I put in one of the articles, I forget which one it was, but uh, during the weekend when Atlanta clinched their winner's bracket final spot, or, yeah, winner's bracket final, they secured top three, I bl- believe, in their yeah so they they got top three, so they're the only team this season to finish top three in each of the first three majors. Obviously, they finished top two because they get to the grand finals here. but uh, the empire where uh if they had gotten to the top three of this event, they would have joined phase, but they obviously didn't so uh that was just something interesting uh, that's happened this season. um, and on Sunday, we have three matches. First, we have the losers' bracket semifinal. Uh, between the Optic Chicago, Optic Chicago, and the Toronto Ultra, um, man, uh, Optic their uh, losers bracket run comes to an end here with a three-two loss. But they played really, really well. They gave Toronto everything they could handle, but Toronto ends up winning. What did you think of the Ultra's win here?
1: You know, the, I think I tweeted it after that. Like, Optic for a team that was starting out in round two of the losers bracket, uh, having immense struggles in the end of stage three group play. Uh, For them to come within uh, game five, round 11, of knocking off the defending uh, champions, that just goes to speak for uh, how much potential this team really has. And uh, obviously, a lot of Optic fans would have loved for them to clutch up that round Mm -hmm. and, you know, keep the losers run going but that's not what happens um i think the most important aspect of this though is it puts to bed any questions of optic potentially making our author change right yeah. uh there were some people who were bringing that up and we, we touched on it and i was like firmly in the camp where i just <laughs> i felt like there was no way they were making a change uh, and it, it seems like that was just like uh, an idea that was floating around in the community but after this you know uh i don't see any you know i didn't see any possibility before and i still don't see any possibility of optic making a change especially uh with stage four major going on land that should be like you know Optic should be looking forward to that because uh i'm pretty sure skump has been pretty vocal about wanting to play on land again and uh thinking that optic will be a better team on land than online so um that'll be interesting to see down the road but uh, yeah, that that was the big thing. Optic was able to win both hard points in the series, but Toronto wins both searches. Uh, it did come down to the Game 5, Round 11, where Toronto clutched up. Uh, and, yeah, I just thought it was real impressive that um, for a team that was struggling coming into this major, Optic came within one round of knocking off the defending champs.
0: Yeah, we spoke a lot about it over the last, I think, three weeks. Oh, yeah. because they've they had been really struggling, and... I predicted them to get uh, whatever top 10 or top. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a, a top 10 finish for optic in a 12 team league. Um, you know, hashtag green wall would be burning down if that happened. And I, I didn't like the only reason I didn't think they would make a roster change. Had that happened, had they lost to the gorillas on day one. Um, the only reason I didn't think that was because I don't see a, person that they could go out and get and actually make their team better um i think people would you know some of the toxic fans that are in optic circle would want a roster change because they just want to see something change uh and and that's a lot of teams a lot of teams do that where you know they think you know any change will make us better which is not true because we've seen teams get much worse with roster changes um even when they're already bad or performing poorly so um just a a really impressive performance by optic obviously they would uh would have liked to win this series and move on to the losers bracket finals and eventually the grand finals but a top four finish is really respectable especially considering you didn't have the advantage of starting in the winner's bracket and having you know that extra loss you could lose one before you really have to turn it on uh, so great job by Optic, um, and a and a great win for Toronto. Uh, they continue their streak uh, of uh, making top threes. I guess they they make it two in a row. They get some really uh, needed CDL points because they didn't have too hot of a start and um, a top three finish. Uh, obviously, they'll um, they only get top three. They don't get top two, but a top three finish is really good for CDL points in the overall standings. Um, and that leads us into the Loser's Bracket Finals, another rematch between the Atlanta phase and Toronto Ultra. Um, Atlanta won the earlier matchup in the Winner's Bracket, round two, I believe, against the Ultra, and they uh, win this one as well. They win 3-2 Toronto. They actually lose a control, which is surprising, and they end up losing the series. I mean, you could say it's the difference because uh, normally they would have that control win, but they didn't get it this time and they lose the series, what did you make of Atlanta's win again?
1: That, that was the big thing for me was that, you know, it was another 3-2 result, and we've been harping on the search uh, throughout this episode so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it was a different formula for phase where they were able to win 1-3-5. They didn't win both searches, but they take that control, and uh, Toronto's, whatever Toronto's control streak was at that point, I believe it was thirteen. Mm -hmm. um and they they snapped that and it it was a 3-0 control too on garrison so it's not like it was particularly close um atlanta won garrison hard point 250 to 123 so that wasn't really close either toronto responds, takes raid search 63 atlanta has that 3-0 controlled then toronto wins raid hard point 250 to 235 that was a super close one uh it came down to that p5 and FaZe just couldn't get a body in to like contest for a couple extra seconds to force a rotation to P1, so Toronto takes that. Um, and then Atlanta closes things out 6 2 on Moscow. Um, do we have the stats here? So just pull it up. I'm, I can't remember who is that? was it. Was this the series that our, Oh, this was another series where BZ and Celium just went off. Uh, B-Z dropped a 1.38 overall, KD and Celium had a 1.27, so uh. Yeah, it was a little bit of a different formula compared to Atlanta's previous win in this major over Toronto, but uh, Atlanta got the job done again, so went 2-0 against the defending champs in the major, which I I guess, uh, if you look at it either way, the the winner of the major beat the defending champ both times they played, but the defending champ only lost to the same team to get eliminated.
0: Yeah. Uh, Just an incredible series. Atlanta, they... Uh, They proved definitively that uh, they're the hotter team right now over Toronto um, to get these two wins, to avenge their stage two major loss, uh, really big wins for them. And uh, they qualify for their third consecutive major grand finals. They're the only team to do so this season. They're the only team, like I said earlier in the show, to finish in the top three of the first three majors. And, uh, I mean, this obviously gives them a great lead in the overall standings but uh, going into this grand finals uh, they were playing the subliners who they they had lost to earlier in the event and in stage three group play so you could say that um, I don't know if New York was favored as far as betting odds but New York uh, definitely had their number in the previous two matchups against FaZe which those were the only two losses FaZe had even suffered since uh, they lost to Toronto in the stage two major And then uh, you put the vetoes in here. So, Subliners, since this is a best of nine uh, grand final, there are very few vetoes. Uh, Phase only gets one veto. They vetoed APOC Hardpoint, which they had lost to. I know they lost to LAG in stage two. I I don't know why I remember that, but maybe it's because of LAG. So, I remember that. Uh, So, that was their only uh, veto of the series. And then
1: it was map one. In the winners bracket final between yeah. Atlanta and New York, and they lost it to New York 250 to 181. So that was probably the thinking behind that. Well, no, they,
0: they're obviously thinking about Lag back in stage two. They're like, we can't lose that one again. Um, and then uh, New York, they veto raid hardpoint Moscow search and destroy, and raid control, which gives you a best of nine of Garrison hardpoint checkmate S and D Garrison control Moscow hardpoint. Miami Search, Checkmate Control, Raid Search, Checkmate Hardpoint, and Express Search. Although, uh, as we found out, we wouldn't need the last two maps. Uh, So, uh, this was, like I said, a best of nine. So, first to five, and there is no advantage for the subliners, which has been a controversial topic over the last few stages, because, uh, you know, Call of Duty fans aren't used to that. They're not used to a winner's bracket team not having some sort of advantage. But um, heading in, or uh, first map, New York wins, and then Atlanta kind of returns to being Atlanta, and they win, uh, I believe, three straight maps, and uh, they lose one, uh, they lose that next, so that would have been like their fifth map, and then they win the rest of them, and they close it out with a 5-2 victory. What did you make of Atlanta's impressive win here?
1: Yeah, um, you kind of hit a lot of the points there that I was going to bring up. But uh, we, we've touched on New York's strong point being their hard points and bringing Hydra. So they start off the uh, best of nine here with a you know a strong 250 to 185 victory on Garrison hard point. Uh, but then, like you just said, after that, Atlanta rattles off three straight map wins to go up 3-1 um and then it was miami surge where i believe new york they definitely were up 4-0 i think it could have been 5-0 and then atlanta like put together strung together a couple rounds and new york ends up taking it 6-3 but like if atlanta had pulled off a full sail there that would have definitely been the dagger in my opinion um but that, that was interesting that you know um They kind of trade after, so New York wins the hard point, Atlanta wins the search, Atlanta wins the control, and then we kind of get to that point where it resets again and goes hard point, search, and control. And just based off of uh, the strength of these teams that we've talked about, you probably would have expected New York to take the hard point point, Atlanta to take the search, but that kind of flip-flops. So Mm -hmm. Atlanta had a a 3-1 edge going into the Miami search, and that was kind of a must-win Map for New York, right? Like you, they don't want to go down four one, uh, and move one map away. So that that was a big one. And then that checkmate control uh, was super wild and went down to the wire um, with Atlanta taking a three two. Um, I'm not really remembering it particularly well. I think it was like um, all of the defenses won, but Atlanta won the offense in overtime, right? Was that that was when like our city slid into the control point against Hydra under plane and got the kill with like one second left or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when that happened. I, I might be not remembering right, but I think I'm right. Um so that that was a super entertaining map and then from there atlanta has the 4-2 lead and they just close things out on read search which i remember in particular was the same map that they won their first major on because they were they had the 4v1 against crim six in laundry and they were going for the finishing move and that's what i was putting in the Twitter chat was that i wanted atlanta to end the major with a finishing move but that's not how it went Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was another we've said it a bunch now but uh Although it was a 5-2 scoreline, overall it was a super entertaining series. Uh, the entire day of Sunday was high-octane matches and really entertaining, um, and this was an awesome major.
0: Yeah, and uh, so the only map that they ended up replaying, uh, like between their winner's bracket final match and their grand final match was Checkmate Search. In the winner's bracket final, New York won 6-4. Uh, that was the map that um, Asom had 13 kills on. And in the grand final, um, Abizi and Simp both dropped 12, which is just ridiculous. They end up winning around uh, 11 there. Um, we, we would have gotten express search, which uh, has not been a particularly strong map for FaZe in the past. Uh, they obviously lost to New York on it uh, in uh, game five of the winner bracket final. And I know that the first express of the CDL season earlier, Uh, was FaZe versus New York and New York also won that and that's just been a not the strongest map for FaZe so it would have been interesting if we would have gotten to a map nine we have still yet to get to the ninth map of the series in any of the first three majors Um, I believe it was 5-3 last time with Toronto and FaZe and it was 5-2 similarly between Dallas and Phase and stage one. So maybe in the next two shots we have, um, maybe we'll get a, a game nine round 11 at like midnight Eastern Standard Time or something. <laughs> because it, had this gone to nine maps, it would have been pretty late. And Atlanta at least would have been playing most of the day considering they had played right before this. So they had... Um, whatever, a, a five-game series before this, they would have played 14 maps in one day, which obviously is a record for the CDL uh, this season just because that's how the schedule has been set up. But would have been really interesting to see. It doesn't happen. 5-2 win for Phase. They win the $200,000 grand prize. They get the 75 CDL points, which just adds to their lead in the Call of Duty League. They are now uh, 100 points ahead of the subliners who have moved into second place uh, with 240, Atlanta is just the most ridiculous uh, stat line of like a team 22 and four this season, and they are 79 and 36 in maps, so they have a 69% win percentage. Nice, and it's 12% better than the the second best team. It's just absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Um, I did look real quick just to make sure, and that was the uh, checkmate control was the one there. RCDs uh, slid into the control point with FaZe on offense. Uh, 1.5 seconds left. It was a 3v1. Um, it, FaZe had three guys left. Uh, only Asim was up on New York, but because there was only 1.5 seconds left, RCDs was the only one who could get to the point. So that 1v1 determined it. Like, ArcD's got the kill on asim and that was new york's last life so they won but if asim got the kill on our the other two guys on phase wouldn't have had time to get to the point and new york would have won
0: nice.
1: um so that was super interesting and then uh i was reminded too when i was looking for that aselium had that nasty three-piece uh on the raid search and in, yeah. in the fourth round where like they were just running out of bottom art and he like just you didn't even see him he just disintegrated on those like those first four rounds of uh, raid search just flew by and phase was up for nothing in the blink of an eye. So um, I was just reminded of that while I was looking for the clips. But yeah, it was a great series, like you said. Um, New York came out, asserted their dominance again and showed everybody why, you know, even though they didn't win the stage two major, they've lost four series all the year. They're still the best team in the game.
0: To wrap up the stage three major, uh, just go through the standings real quick. This is the overall season standings. Uh, just a reminder, the top eight are the only teams that will make it to the cdl playoffs which uh, we imagine will have millions of dollars on the line uh, and obviously the prize of being world champions so first we have atlanta phase uh second the subliners third dallas empire fourth toronto ultra fifth optic chicago sixth the la thieves seventh minnesota rockers uh, rocker eight florida mutineers nine lag 10 london 11 Paris and 12 is Seattle, and that brings us to uh, I don't believe we talked about Decimate yet, unless I completely blanked it. Yeah, so Seattle announced earlier today that they have opted to uh, part ways with Decimate, who joined literally 15 days ago. He joined on May 3rd, Uh, so they did their two week contract with him. He uh, he came in right before the fir- uh, before the last week of Stage 3 group play. At that point, Seattle was already in last place in their group. They were um, 0-3 going into the last week. They lose those final two matches of group play. They finish 0-5 in their group. Uh, they start in the loser's bracket, obviously, for the major, and then they end up getting knocked out of the major without another, uh, without a match victory. I don't believe that they've won a major uh, match at all this season. As far as I know, they only have 50 CDL points and they've only won four. So they, so they had to have, so they either started in loser bracket round two, one event, or they won one uh, major. I think they started,
1: yeah, they went one and four in group play in stage one and London went 0 and 5. So, I, no, that might not have be. been...
0: Stage two major, they finished top eight. So, they would have had to have won something. Oh, stage
1: two, yeah. Stage two, they went two and three, and they came in fourth.
0: Yeah, so they beat Florida uh, in the stage two major. They started in lose rec- uh, losers bracket round two. They beat Florida, and that is their only win of a major this season. Uh, it just hasn't worked out for Seattle in, in 2020 and 2021. It's been a really, really bad... First, you know, whatever, like 18 months for Seattle in the Call of Duty League. Uh, they're in last place. They decide to make this move. They part ways with Decimate, who joined 15 days ago. Uh, he replaced Looney in their starting lineup. And uh, obviously, things didn't work out. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of tweets from the Seattle guys, particularly Octane and Nubsy. They've been uh, kind of tweeting through it. Uh, Octane said he should write a book because his career is just absolutely ridiculous and uh, so it it seems to be some kind of disagreement within that team about roster changes although Seattle did say in their statement via Twitter that it was a mutual decision I mean that could just be a lie and Decimate was not looking to be a free agent again but uh, you know Decimate is now a free agent he's probably going to stay in challengers Uh, I'm sure he'll have you know his pick at really any challenger team, because that he was he was really good before. He he didn't really get a uh, a huge chance in the Call of Duty League. What did you think of this move, uh, considering how little time he had with them?
1: Um, I think I mean Zuma was talking about it on his stream earlier today, and Crone wrote about it in his report, where it seemed like Decimate was the one who uh crone said that decimate benched himself according to his sources so uh that was interesting and i think zuma was kind of talking about from the perspective of like you know it seemed like maybe decimate was just like this isn't working out i'm gonna move on actually he might have tweeted something that i'm thinking of give me one second
0: that's crazy, though. Uh, that Yeah,
1: that's... so he said, good luck to the boys on Seattle. Felt like I wasn't the piece that could fit in and get us the wins everyone wanted. They are all absolute champions, and I have nothing but respect and love for them, the organization, and fans.
0: Okay. Um, I've never seen a, a player... I mean, I, I, there was the rumor that Pollack's Declined London's initial two week offer earlier in the season because he felt he could, you know, improve his status and earn himself a longer term contract. And he ended up doing so. He ended up, and now he's signed through the rest of the season with London. But man, Decimate just literally gave up a CDL spot. You know, Seattle's. Well,
1: yeah.
0: But so, uh, you know, reportedly, allegedly, whatever you want to say. Uh, Decimate may have given up his own spot because maybe he really did not like playing for Seattle, which is much more. Um, uh, I I just say it's uh it's very fitting, considering how bad Seattle's been. But man, this just looks horrible because you know, they said uh, Seattle said in their statement that they're still looking to recruit someone to join them for stage four which is only about a week, uh, about, you know, nine days away uh, from starting. And, uh, man, th- and they need these wins. They, they're 70 points back. They're in last place in the CDL. They need these last two stages to go well to to finish in the top eight. And, you know, it's, it's not starting off too hot right now.
1: I also thought it was really funny, too. Um, Octane had a tweet earlier today, which was reminiscent of the day's – you know, you might not remember them too well, and some of our viewers might not, but, you know, longtime Call of Duty fans will remember the days of constant roster swaps and people sketching and all that. When do and... you think
0: I started watching COD? Do you think I started watching COD and MW?
1: No, I mean, <laughs> like, you might not have remembered them because you, I think you said you started it like, the Black Ops 2 champs, was it? I don't
0: remember. Yeah, Black Ops 2 champs, but everybody yeah. was sketching on each other, basically before Pro League, everybody was still sketching on each other, yeah. so...
1: no. So Regardless, but like he puts out a tweet that's reminiscent of these yeah. old days, where he says, myself, Pristini, and Gunless looking for one for next event. 18-plus, main sub, no ego can travel. And that just made me laugh, because it brought me back to those days. But it was interesting he puts in there, no ego. We don't know for sure if that's, like, a shot at Decimate or not. Um, And yeah like like you just said it seems like seattle is still searching like they they have options and um or it's going to be interesting to see what they do i don't think we'll see looney come back in the lineup it does it doesn't seem like that's something they would do unless it's an emergency situation where they just like don't sign somebody else Mm -hmm. um of note, obviously, Zaptius was dropped by London earlier today, and uh, Crone did report that uh, Paris was pursuing him. Um, what was the exact way he worded it?
0: Um, he said um, that so they they tried they, to acquire uh, Saints from the yeah. the subliners, but due to a $25,000 buyout, Paris moved on from Saints and set its sights on Zaptius instead. Yeah, so
1: not confirmed yet, but Paris could be looking to get Zaptius. Um, if that doesn't happen, though, and Zaptius is a free agent, he could be, like, a top priority for Seattle right now. Like, he, he fits the bill of what they're looking for in a main sub. Um, obviously, there might be other uh, players and challengers that you look at, notably, like, someone like John, who has played with guys like Octane and Gunless in the past. Um, that could be an mm-hmm. interesting potential pickup. But um, like you just said, they, they don't have that much time, and th- this could potentially be their last shot to like kind of revitalize uh, their roster and make that push because they are so far back compared to some of these other teams in that bottom tier. So like it, it, the time is now for them if they want to make that push for champs. Um, and this roster change for whoever they decide to replace, uh, Decimate with, th- this could be like the make or break change for them if they have aspirations of being a champs.
0: I believe they also tried to pick up vivid between stage two and stage three or whatever. Um, and, and things didn't work out, but maybe, Maybe they're a little more desperate now, or or something. Uh, I don't I don't know what the hang-up was between LAG and Seattle. Maybe LAG just didn't want to part ways. It was,
1: the, it was the buyout negotiations, according to Octane, if I remember correctly. He talked about it in a YouTube video. We All can, right, so you know, so
0: we'll maybe uh, maybe that's you know maybe Seattle will you know spend more money. They'll say well like we have to get him with like this is make or break time. Like you just said, we need to make a run. We need to. You know, get into the top eight. So maybe they'll be a little more uh, flexible in that sense. Who knows? I mean, this is it's crazy that Deathmate, uh, you know, he only spent two weeks with them. And, uh, you know, obviously they, they didn't win any matches. They didn't win any controls. So they went 0 and 3 in controls, which doesn't help them. But they, I believe, they were 2 and 1 in Search and Destroy. And then they were like 1 in uh, like four or something in hard point, but I mean it, it's really not fair considering he came in in the last week and didn't get a ton of practice time. So we don't really know what that team could have been uh, had he gotten all that practice and uh, gotten some of the chemistry down. But we'll see. It's <laughs> who knows what Seattle is going to end up doing because yeah. What are you gonna
1: say? Real quick. And some people are gonna think it's a meme. I I've seen it be memed already on Twitter. You know, they're looking for a main sub. This could be Doug Sester Martin's time to shine.
0: <laughs> it could be. Probably not, but and, it could be.
1: And Zuma was talking about it on his stream earlier today too, like from the perspective like like you said, Seattle's in last place. Like this could be the time where it's like, do they sit back and evaluate, like, what are our realistic chances of making champs? And if they think there's like they they don't have a shot, they could be where a t- an opportunity for them to try and you know like grow more of a fan base. You know they get if they get if they're the team that gives Doug his shot in the pro league, like that's a huge storyline. And like regardless of how it plays out, like Not well. everyone will be talking about the surge. Yeah, you don't know. Doug could come in, drop a 3.0 on everybody, and, or he could
0: get seven chance. kills in hard point, and Octane <laughs> just absolutely rage quits. Uh, who knows? It could. It really could go either way, but, but that would, it would certainly be the most talked-about <laughs> move.
1: Like it, it would change. Like we're coming off of Hook, you know, questionably being benched by Dallas and being sent to LA. Thieves. like that's sitting right now one of the most questionable moves. Uh, of this season certainly if not of all time but if seattle signs doug censor martin gives him his shot in the pro league that he's so highly coveted it would easily be the most talked about roster change of the season there's no way whether it's positive or negative everyone would be talking about it so many people would be tuning into those seattle matches um it, it could be the way that seattle goes i don't know um
0: does Patty P? Does he out. run a sub in challengers? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. I think the uh, <laughs> MSMC Patty P days are behind him.
0: Oh man, that would have been that would have been uh, <laughs> like more entertaining if they streamed scrims because I I mean I haven't watched Aches in a while because he hasn't been in the league so he hasn't really been like in the in the spotlight. But there's nothing more entertaining than an annoyed Aches in scrims or. Or annoyed Aches just in general. I just looked it up. Aches and Censored teamed in Challengers. I would have loved yeah, to watch scrims yeah. because I don't, I just don't see, I know they, I believe they were on like, um, whatever, it, Quantic, weren't they on Quantic together at some point? Yeah, they had phase red team in AW where he won that event when he like sliced his hand. Yeah. So, uh. They went on, they went
1: on the same Quantic because that was when. Uh, it was Quantic Leverage, and Sensor was on Quantic
0: next threat. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see Sensor getting that, that opportunity as much as some people would love for him to, but who knows? I mean, at this point, who cares? Just just do something. I, I mean... That's what I'm
1: saying. Like, if, if they don't think they have a chance to make champs, that could be the move that... You know, it might not result in them winning, who knows, but it would certainly be a very highly discussed roster move and a lot more people would be tuning into Seattle's matches, in my opinion.
0: Well, and maybe Seattle, their reputation is not that great. Considering Decimate, allegedly, reportedly, you know, he he kind of for, he foregoed his, his spot. He was like, I would rather be in challengers. And maybe some you know, some of these top ams who are right on the cusp of making it and be becoming like mainstays in the league, maybe they won't wanna be on Seattle because you might not get be able you might not be able to get the show everything that you're capable of. I, I don't know if that's if that would be a determining factor if you're like a, a top am and you're winning events and you're getting money. But, you know, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see
1: that's part of why I think Doug could be an actual candidate here because I feel like Doug is – he wants to be in the pro league so bad that he would just sign a, I almost said vet minimum. Like this MLB, <laughs> he would sign for like that 50K minimum salary and just get his chance. Obviously, I don't know if that's true, but I could see that being, you know, where he's just like, yo, just just give me the minimum and give me a shot and I want to play um i could see it happening i i don't know if it will i i actually i don't think it will happen i would be surprised it would be really cool though
0: yeah um i have no idea who they'll end up picking up it yep. i mean that i wasn't expecting to see decimate uh depart from seattle today but uh and, you know whatever whatever happens ever uh happens i guess uh And to close out the show, a standoff got added uh, today in the midseason update. Um, So, yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, it it will hopefully be added to competitive for probably not for stage four, but maybe for stage five. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, the midseason update's not live yet, right?
0: Or uh, they announced that it was going to be added. Yeah. So it'll it'll, be be added May 20th or something. Yeah.
1: Which is why i'm confused i was seeing on twitter like throughout this that people are talking about the ffar or the famas and i don't know if there was like a minor update or something that went live while we were doing this because i've been seeing tweets about it um so i'm not really sure what's going on maybe the update went live early i don't really know obviously we've been doing this for the last two hours so um i <laughs> guess we'll find out after yeah um but yeah we i don't think we really have to talk about it i think we'll have more Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can discuss more about standoff in the midseason update once that update actually goes live. Um, I know you wrote about the patch notes earlier today. Uh, it seems like there's some changes to snipers, which um, if they fix, like the flinch with snipers, maybe they get un-GA'd. I doubt it, just because. Wasn't the smokes the uh, mostly the big? We deal. still had problems with smokes. Yeah, so there wouldn't really be a great counter for sniping. Um, but there were also in the patch notes mentions a lot of assault rifle changes.
0: Uh, what was it? It was a lot of bullet velocity changes. I think, right? Yeah, I think and, everything got bullet velocity. Um, something something changed in bullet velocity for every AR, I believe. Yeah. So the, the um, Krig was the big uh, the big buff, basically.
1: Yeah. So yeah, um, those are the major talking points for mid season update. Obviously, it goes live Thursday at uh, midnight midnight eastern so um 23 hours from now um so we'll have a better idea next episode of exactly what's going on with that Uh, obviously really excited for standoff to be in the game hopefully it gets added to the map pool right away it seems like um maybe it was jp who tweeted it or something i don't know but somebody was like tweeting about uh spending the day on monday like watching standoff VOD. I'm pretty sure it was jp but i could be wrong um but it, it seems like you know it's it's just an iconic map and one of the best competitive maps in cod history it would just be criminal if it wasn't immediately added to mm-hmm. uh the map pool it should be in hardpoint search and destroy uh without a doubt um i think for hardpoint it'll it could replace apocalypse i don't know if they'll want to replace a dlc map with another dlc map so it could uh, replace, like, Checkmate or something like that. I think Checkmate is, like, uh, the easy answer for Search and Destroy for Standoff to replace it, just because, like, um, we've seen throughout this year that that A-bomb site, the bomb site not in the plane on Checkmate is so hard to plant. There were a couple plants this weekend throughout the major, which was kind of cool. Um... But regardless, it seems like that's the most unbalanced map for Search. So, despite some people not liking Miami, just because both bomb sites are actually viable, uh, Standoff will... In my opinion, Standoff should replace Checkmate. We don't we'll know for sure uh, until it's announced. But um, I think the only question on most people's minds is, will we see Standoff in Control, right? Just because Control wasn't a thing in Black Ops 2 when Standoff was played. So, that's going to come down to... Uh, Where A, where the control points are, and B, what map you take out for control. Like, Standoff's not going to replace Raid, so it would have to uh, obviously come in for Garrison or Check Me. And then it comes down to a question of which map you think Standoff is better than and where those points are. So um, that will obviously have to wait and see. Uh, But yeah, I'm really excited to hopefully get to see the pros back on Standoff soon.
0: And uh, that does it from us. We've been here for about two hours. I'm sweating bullets. Uh, So uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, May 25th, for the uh, Stage 4 preview show. Uh, We'll break down the first 10 matches of Stage 4, and we'll give our predictions for uh, those matches as well as who we think will end up winning Stage 4. Uh, Make sure to subscribe on YouTube. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Ego Chow Podcast. You can follow Bink on Twitter at jbink with two Ks. And I'm at Prez Buyers. Uh, Also, uh, follow us um, or subscribe or whatever on uh, your podcast platforms. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, make sure to share the podcast. Um, If you have some friends that you play COD with or um, just people that you think would be interested in our podcast, make sure to share it to them. Um, and make sure to give us five stars, uh, five-star rating on Apple podcasts. It really helps us. It gets us boosted up the, the charts and uh, more people listen to it. And then maybe we'll be able to quit our jobs and just do this full time. And we can just <laughs> sit at home and talk about call of duty for 24 hours a day. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, that's all for me. Uh, have a good night, everyone. And Bink, take it away.
1: Yep. Thanks for tuning in guys. And as always, Ben the Chow.